you all know how I like to start, like to break it up a little bit, but I'll tell you, I was talking to somebody the other day who told me they were talking to their wife about doing some housework. And uh, anyway, she explained back to the husband that, you know, why her argument was why the housework wasn't being completed. And anyway, he says, you know what, it won't kill you. And she responds back and says, why take the chance? <laughs> All right. Anybody relate? Anyway, don't have to raise your hand for that. Okay, nowadays you notice one thing for sure, that comedians are telling the news, while we have news leaders telling jokes. All right, I'm going to get on with mine today. I thought I'd do that, see if everyone's paying attention. And I spend a fair bit of time considering things, like studying, reading, pondering, allowing my thoughts to be broadened so I'm not so narrow-minded in my ways that I become captured, captured by my own thoughts. Instead, I try to allow for God to speak to me so he can speak through me in my life. He clearly spoke to me earlier in the week about what I was going to speak on it, because it wasn't what I was considering. When Pastor Gary had spoken to me about speaking, that's a lot, spoken to me about speaking. I had, I had a thought in my mind, and that's not where I'm at. So that being said, when I come in here and I sit down this morning, God spoke to me about something else, and I have to obey. So what that did is just took me out of my comfort zone. So I was good and comfortable, right? You can ask my wife. I, I don't get nervous about much. So took me to Matthew 6.34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for today will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. He took me there purposely. It's something I'm going to get to when I get through further into what I'm speaking about. But what I want to start with is this. I need you to consider a thought. Sometimes we get so captivated with our tomorrow that we miss sight of today. The same can happen if you get so caught up in your yesterday that you missed your today. Worse than that is that you drug yesterday into today, making your past your current. We were singing about God and his faithfulness to us. Sometimes we just got to pick that up and understand he didn't mean it just to be words. He meant it for us to be, to be life to us, life to our bones. We, we can't press on to new things as long as we keep looking back. In the same way, I spoke to my son about this last week. We envision what our life is going to be down the road. And we have thoughts. 20 years down the road, this is what I want to say. And Jordan, we were talking there last week. And sometimes we have these thoughts of dreams. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a dream. There's nothing wrong with a thought. Don't get me wrong when I tell you this. But sometimes we get so focused on the tomorrow the 20-year plan, the 30-year plan, that we lose sight of what God has for us today. And I can tell you that because I've done it in my own life. Interesting thing for you to think about. I don't want any show of hands. I don't want anyone to jump up and down about it. I want you to think about this. If you can think back 15 years ago, 20 years ago, some of you 30, some of you 40, dreams, aspirations that you had, how many of them actually came to pass? And I'm not trying to minimize anything that anyone tried to do. What I'm trying to get you to realize is that we have hundreds and thousands of things that have to intertwine in our lives to get us to that goal. But yet we set it so far in front of us that there's not a chance without God's help that we'll get there. Because there's so many things, it's integral. Our lives are integrally joined together, not with just one another here, but outside of this. Think of every conversation, every act, everything you do from buying coffee in the morning to going to the grocery store at night is absolutely integrally involved to getting you to that end game. But yet we put ourselves in a box and say, that's where I want to be in 20 years. And then we're disappointed with not getting there. 
Anybody ever done that? You could show your hand. I have been. Anyway, I said that to get you started to where I'm at. God said to me, you need to say that to them first because he is the great I am. He's not just the great I am in the Bible. He is the great I am today. In this place, in your life, if you'll allow him that place. We quite often use a phrase, I am doing this, or I am doing that. And I thought, this week after, of course, I'm preparing this, is maybe I should change the way I say things. Because I make I capital in that. And in those situations, I realize today, I am not capital in that. I am little I, dealing with everything else around me, under the control of the big I. If I put my trust and faith in him. Exodus 34, 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now, this was the first time that God gave his own name. Interesting, eh? Like, Previously, he hadn't given a name up other than they called him God. So, God has a name. I am. He named himself. It's a self-given name, which actually fully encompasses who he is. That's why I determined that maybe I shouldn't be saying, I am anymore. Yes, as long as I make him the I am. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But I have, to, I have to make him part of that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's good. Nothing like a little distraction, right? Anybody else? Anybody else? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Three and a quarter, a quarter. Hey, so. All right. Sorry, just a little bit of car business coming out. <sighs> Before anything, as we know, the I am is also he was. And he is. So who is God? Who is God to you? Everybody sees it differently. Everybody gets a revelation differently. That's why we have to be so tender-hearted to one another. My God, forgive me for being cruel to people and hurting people. Why can't we just love people? Your revelation is different than mine. I'm sharing mine. But we all see it differently. And we're allowed to. We're allowed to. We're allowed to have differences. We're allowed to have opinions. But I should never allow my opinion to supersede my relationship with you. Yeah. Hmm. I'll tell you who God is for you and who he is for me. He is the great I am. Revelations 1.8 tells us that he's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and was and is to come, the Almighty. He is the same yesterday, he is today, and he is tomorrow. That doesn't change. So in my studies, and I'm going to take you on a little bit of a, maybe a, a, a schooling here right now, because and Pastor Gary, you can feel free to teach me anything more no, as no. as I go. No, 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 I'm good because because you've studied a lot of Hebrew and and it's only recently over the past couple of years that I've actually gotten into studying some more depth of where words actually come from and that you know many words have numerous meanings and it really depends on well in a ling English language for sure how you can say something makes a world of difference right um, but in other languages they they kind of go through the same processes, right? It's used in a third tense. This is what it means. First is this. And anyway, so work with me here. We're going to have a little grammar class. So in Hebrew, the name for God is composed of four letters, and it's Y-H-W-H or J-H-V-H. 
one meaning or translates to Yahweh and the other Jehovah. Okay? I didn't know this before that long ago, but these two names, because of their lettering, the four letters are known as tetragrammatons. Anybody else ever know that? Anyway, tetra meaning four, grammatons were letters. Simple stuff. But it was the tetragrammaton was God's name in the Hebrew language. The, te- the two tetragrammatons have numerous meanings by translation. Again, translation means everything. But I can tell you what it means is that God Almighty, Yahweh, Jehovah, is mentioned over 6,000 times in a Bible. We should pay attention to him. Hey? So prior to Moses receiving instruction from God, the Hebrew name for God had been, now this is again, I don't mean to confuse the situation, the Hebrew name for God was Elohim, right? Because God hadn't given them a name, I am, okay? And, or we know it in our English language as El Shaddai, often translated as God Almighty. God giving up his name to Moses as I am conveys a message that he has dominion over all things. His power, his nature, are all-consuming. Nothing dictates to him. He's in control as much today as he was the day you were born. The Bible tells us that he actually knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. Should we not start giving consideration, paying homage to the King of Kings? Have some reverence for the man who formed you. The, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our God. How amazing is that? Just to think about If you can think about it for a second. He knew you before you were formed. So that means he knew your shortcomings. <laughs> he also knew our good points. He knew our not so good points. Which aren't necessarily not so good points if we really understand who we are. If we are truly a body that's fitly joined together, all being integral parts, we all have a purpose. That very thing that you think is an irritant to somebody else is the very thing that they need to sharpen them somewhere else. So if we understand that, all of a sudden, you can make all those other things go away. It's not so bad anymore. That guy was a jerk. Well, yeah, but maybe you needed that. Anyway, I'm just saying. Sometimes we just need a little sharpening, right? The pearl didn't get shiny without a little rub. (laughs) We need jerks, yep. The Hebrew language does a much better job conveying the message of of God, encompassing God. We, We make it this simple, and that's not who he is. That's not who he is. He's not. He's incredible. He's so much more than you can imagine. The reason God said that, or Jesus said that, I leave you peace beyond your imagination or beyond your comprehension is because we can't comprehend what he gives. It's beyond our, we've got limitations. It's our mind, right? Our mind, our will, emotions all limit us. Meanwhile, he's without limits. He spoke the world into existence and keeps it there by his word. Anybody know anybody else that can do that? No. Understand how great he is. Yes, thank you. (laughs) I was going to do it myself, but I got a microphone. (laughs) So in the Hebrew language, they refer to God as, uh, if I say this wrong, correct me, but E.A. Asher E.A., which actually translates as, I will be what I will be. (laughs) I will be what I will be. There are no limits with God. He will be what he will be. You can do whatever you want to stop me, and you can't stop me. Isn't it time we just join together about that? (laughs) Let's have some unity about it. 
So when God spoke to Moses and he tells the people, I am sent you, he, God, actually refers to himself in the third person. Remember, I am in Hebrew is EA. Interestingly, the same word in the third person is translated as Yahweh, which in English then transfers to he will be. These are all related. Think about this. I just showed you six words that are all intertwined by languages in a Bible. And yet we question what goes on in our day to day. We shouldn't question one thing. Romans 8.28 says, all things work together for my good. I should never question one single iota that happens in my life. Not if I truly trust that he's got all things under his control. So even if I don't feel like it's good, even if it doesn't look like it's good, I don't see the end from the beginning. Because if I did, I would change the course. I know, I've tried it. (laughs) My direction isn't always good. (laughs) Might feel good for a season, but it doesn't end well. So if we go back to the verse where God tells Moses that he will be sent you, he will be actually everything you have need of. He will be. That's what he was trying to tell him. He will be everything that you have need of. Everything that the people had need of. Do you think there was any doubt in the capability, the sovereign power, or the awesomeness of God? He will be, he is, and always will be. Hmm. Understand, make no doubt about it. He's everything that you need today. Regardless what you need. Regardless what you need. He is everything you need. You think you need money? He is all you need. Because he can give you peace beyond peace. Peace that money can't buy. What he wants you to do is cease striving in yourself, which really takes me back to where he turned me to, which was the beginning of saying, we got to look at today is the day that the Lord has made, not 20 years down the road. That will come, God willing. And we need to learn to put that into the end of our sentences. (laughs) The Lord willing. Not my willing, the Lord willing. Giving him place, the homage, right? The reverence that's due to who he really is in our lives. All striving really does in our lives is relay or display a lack of faith. Doesn't mean you don't have to work. It doesn't mean you don't have to do your part. You don't have to strive to be that. It also displays a lack of trust and a lack of understanding. Sometimes we're just stupid. (laughs) Right? Like we just don't know, right? It's not, and that's not a, a thing of ignorance. Just sometimes we just don't know. And that's why it's so important to keep your ears open and listen and learn. Subject yourself. Nothing wrong with a good teaching now and then. Sometimes it feels good, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. That was a commercial, right? Okay. Psalm 46.10 tells us, Be still and know that I am God. Then it says, I will be exalted among the nations and exalted in all the earth. Jeremiah 32, 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? I'm here to tell you, there is nothing too hard for him. He's your great I am. Everything and anything, he's there. And as Pastor Paul said earlier, if if in doubt... Test them out. Wasn't the exact words, but it's close, right? Try him. 
he'll prove himself to you. And if he doesn't, it's because you didn't try him. You had a safety net. <laughs> and we're famous for it, right? Create a little safety net. You know, in Genesis 17, uh, verse 1, Abraham was 90 years old, and the Lord appeared to him and said, I am, now, I am Almighty God. So you've got two things. He's the I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. You think maybe he might hold us all to that today? We don't like to look at it that way. I mean, we know we're a New Covenant church, and I didn't, I know the name's one thing, but I mean, it, New Covenant meaning that the blood of Christ. It doesn't mean that he doesn't want us to walk that way. It just means that we have a forgiveness of sin when we fail. You don't have to condemn yourself anymore, right? But we do have to walk right before God. Honest effort goes a long way. After all, God said he looked at the heart of David, right? That's what he liked about David, was David's heart was always right. He made mistakes, but he always came running back to God. He knew where the help came from. He knew what made the sun come up in the morning. Genesis 26, 24. And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am, again, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So I am the God of your father. Well, just so you know, He's the God of your father. Therefore, therefore, I am with you. The I am is with you. If you don't feel him with you, it's because you're not looking for him. I've, I've said it before, and I, I've got about a thousand marvelous sunrises on my phone. Marvelous. Like, we're not, not a little bit. We're talking really nice. And I send some of them out sometimes. But those are all from my phone, and God reveals them to me. And I, I feel special. I, I don't know about anybody else. I do feel special because sometimes I hear a whisper, and it's now. And I go over, look, and there's something ma magnificent. And I get a snap of it. Two minutes later, it's gone. Yes. And I said one day, God, why? Why do I see these? And he says, because you're looking for them. Seek me. You'll find me. Look for me. I'm right here. I'm everywhere around you. He's not hiding from us. Genesis 28:13. It looks like I'm reading the whole Bible, but it's, it's... Yeah, okay. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, and the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. So, what he's saying here is, he's your provider today. Where they were lying, they didn't even know it, was theirs. How, maybe you're there. What about that? Maybe where you're lying right now is yours, and you don't even know it. Don't underestimate the power of God in your life. Heard a story once about a guy that had shared a small conversation with an gen older gentleman who had been ex-military and his family had all passed. And anyway, it was just a small conversation, but a couple of years after this conversation, he gets a phone call from a stranger who said, um, you were left in this gentleman's will and wondering what you wanted us to do with your proceeds. And he said, I don't even know this guy. He says, yeah, yeah. He, he said you met him at such and such a place and such and such a day two years previous. And he said, well, what did he leave me? He said a couple million dollars. <laughs> don't underestimate God's ability to move in your life. Remember, these verses all start with I am, because he is. Remember that. <clears throat> it's an interesting one. Genesis 31, 13. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now rise, get out of this land, and return to the land of your family. 
Once again, I am the God of Bethel. Why Bethel? So I started to look into it. Bethel was a crossroads town. It was one of great importance. It led from the north and the south road, passing through the Hebron Valley to the, uh, in the south to the Shechem in the north. Its main east and west roads uh, went from Jericho uh, to the Mediterranean Sea. Long story short, um, Bethel actually means house of God. So it was, I am the God of the house of God. But it was because it was a crossroads town. Understand that I believe that that's integral, that we understand that he's the God of the crossroads. So wherever you're at today, doesn't matter, north, south, east, or west, he's got you. If you want it. If you want to step into it. A new day, right? Word of God tells us in Lamentations 3 that the mercies of God are new every morning. Why? Because today is a dress rehearsal. Come on. Let's wake up. Right? That's why. why. What's it a dress rehearsal for, Pastor Paul? Do you know? For tomorrow. If you make a mistake today, sorry, pick it up. Clean it off, starting in tomorrow. God willing, you'll make it through. No, understanding that when we make mistakes, we say we're sorry, we pick up, we move on. Yesterday's canceled check, today's a new day. If I look back and bring yesterday back in with me, my past is my current, and my future is just that. Tomorrow never comes. Ever. Tomorrow will always be tomorrow. Plan your today. Live in your today. Because today, well, as the Bible says, has enough trouble for itself. The purpose in saying that is, why go looking for more? <laughs> no, but what are you trying to do looking into tomorrow? Deal with your today. Be everything you can be to everybody you come in contact with today. Don't wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow may be too late for somebody. Honestly, I'm tired of seeing people coming and going and no one caring. And I don't mean, I'm not pinpointing, I'm not picking on anybody. I, I just mean, I'm picking on me. Do we not care enough to reach out to love somebody? I don't really personally care anybody's position about anything anymore. And I said that because anymore. Because it's not important. It's not. I speak the same things to my children that I'm telling you guys. So it's not important. What's important is that. That is the heritage you leave behind you. Or that you decide. Right? We can either be common Work together, be kind to people, love people, give to people, try, test our God to see if he'll give back to you. I can tell you, he'll give it to you more than you can ever imagine. And it may not be the same way you gave it. It might be way more. It, it will be. It might be in verbiage that supports that your God's listening, your God's watching. He's part of everything you do. All right, Genesis 35, 11. God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply a nation, and a company of nations shall proceed from you, and the kings shall come from your body. So our God is what? A God of promise. And promise is for what? Anybody? Promises for you tomorrow. We don't have to think about tomorrow. He's already promised it. He's promised he'll be there. He's promised he'll hold his end of the bargain up. God was speaking to Abraham in this 
situation here, who at this point in time was in his 90s and didn't have a lineage. Okay, so think about it. If you were 90 and hadn't had a child yet, a nation's going to come from you. Yeah, okay, right on. <laughs> what would you think? I'm pretty sure Abraham had his questions. I won't say that he doubted, because he trusted him with his whole heart. But I'd say he had his questions. How are you going to pull this off? <laughs> the great I am is as true today as he was for Abraham that day. Interesting, he wanted them to be fruitful. He wants you to be fruitful in your life. That doesn't mean just having children. It means making, having good fruit. Your life, the, the, the deposits that you make in people. The, the fact that you have the opportunity to make a deposit in people. Your deposit can be a good one, or it can be a minor one. It can be effective, something they can cash in in the future, or ineffective and something that they couldn't make a phone call with. Thank goodness for cell phones, right? Okay. <clears throat> we used to sing a song in the church years ago. I don't, I don't think it was this church. <laughs> it was that long ago. Uh, Abraham's blessings are mine, right? That was a long time ago, yeah. So I, I, I do feel, when I bring that up, I do feel a little bit like uh, the Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years. Okay, just saying. So anybody get that? Yeah, it's the Word of God. Well, we were talking the other day at Men's Prayer uh, about the fact that we're probably, whether we know it or not, we're not probably, it's real. It's real. To me, it is. Don't let anybody ruin this for me. I'm in my promised land. Yep. So, the Israelites, 40 years walking around the wilderness, and they're right there the whole time. What kept them from it? Murmuring and complaining. Right? What are we listening to today? Hopefully, no more murmuring and complaining. I'm just saying, right? Stop. The difference between living here and living in the promised land? Attitude. Attitude determines your altitude, right? Can't fly like an eagle if you're going to talk like a turkey. Just saying. So, God's laws hold true. The law of sowing and reaping. If you want to give, it will be given. If you want to sow good fruit into others, good fruit will return back to you. So, your actions matter more than you'll ever know. There may come a time when you get to see the results of actions. And that'll be an, a glorious day, I would hope, for some, and maybe not so for others, right? Your actions actually display the depth of your faith in the God you serve. Think about that. Your actions display the depth of your faith. Do you trust your God? Do you depend on your God? They prove the intent and the commitment of the heart. Are you committed to what you're doing? Or if someone says the wrong thing the wrong way on the wrong day, you're gone like a flash. Just sometimes we don't like the pruning because pruning never feels good. Takes the sharp things off of us. But... It makes us into a tree that can blossom and strong, right? So we need to activate our faith, trust our creator, believe in him because he believed in us first. Ephesians tells us that you've been created for a purpose before the foundations of the earth, not after. So before, God had a purpose. What was the purpose? Anybody know? No, no, not you in the front row. You have to be quiet now. 
Okay, for good works. You were created for good works. Now, now everybody knows. Everybody know what they were created for? Good works, okay. So remember that. So there's a difference between good works and bad works. <laughs> yeah. I hopefully don't have to tell anybody what the difference is. Genesis 46.3. So he said, God that is, I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. Backstory. God's speaking to Jacob here. And we all know the story of Joseph being sold into slavery. Seemed as a terrible event. But here we are, years and years later. God had made provision for Jacob, for Israel, right? For the entire family, actually. Through one man's sacrifice, the whole, man benefit, uh, the whole family benefits. In the midst of what appeared to be a famine, in a situation that seemed to be out of control for them, God supplied for every need. Their lodging, their food, all in what appeared to be originally a bad thing. Remember what God said. I am. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask, think, or imagine. Now, we all have imaginations. Let it run wild. He'll beat you every time. I use the term that God made provision for Jacob because I believe that's actually what he did. He gave him provision. He could see beyond the situation. It's what we need in our own lives. Provision. We need to see that God has provision made for us, that we can see beyond the circumstance of our life, beyond the circumstance of the world that we're living in. Understand we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Do you think they told us that for the good of our health? Or do you think they meant it? I, I, it confuses me sometimes, so I just want to clarify it. I think it was so we understand when we're up against something, be up against something. I'm not up against you, Pastor Paul. Right? It's not personal. There's, a, there's another thing at work. I don't have to get mad at you about that. If I'm going to get mad, I need to go to my prayer closet and get mad at the powers of the enemy that are trying to work against our lives. If we wrestle not, do you believe the Bible true? If we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the air, well, we ought to stop fighting, right? We ought to stop picking battles with people. And, that's, and I don't think that's subjected to one or two people in your life. I think that is a rule. It's all people everywhere. And it's not easy to live that way. I know that. I understand. So I'm, I'm chastising myself too. If I can live that way, it changes everything. What a world. Again, takes me back to Romans 8.28, right? It's so simple, right? It's our staple food. All things working for our good. So even if it's really a bad situation on the outside, understand deep down there's a nugget there that's golden. Or you can run with the bad one. The bad nugget, that is. And get the results of that. Isn't that cool? God's made it that way for us. We, we really have the opportunity to make those choices for our lives. We can choose to believe God, walk in faith, or make our own choices, pay the penalty of our own choices, right? But he still allows us the helping hand anytime you want, anytime. He doesn't say I'm only open between 7 and 3, banker's hours or whatever you want to call it. He's open 24-7. Back to Jacob. Do you think that when Jacob lost his son, he was thinking, oh, I can see something good in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God, what are you doing for me here? I see this is going to be playing out good for me. I'm sure he had his questions, no different than Abraham did. He didn't doubt God, he still trusted God, but he didn't understand, right? I'm sure he had questions. And maybe battled a few thoughts that might not have been great for him. But he got through it, right? And kept his faith. 
What he had was confidence in the I am portion of his conversation. He knew the God of his father, Isaac, had already given him provision, and that vision was for his life, and there was more yet to come. It's not over until God says it's over. Verse 4 uh, of that same chapter there, what was I in? 46. <laughs> I will go down with you to Egypt, and I will surely bring you up again. And Joseph will put his hands on your eyes. Ah, see that? That's the provision. Joseph, the very son that he thought he lost, was going to put his hands on his eyes. I believe that was an anointing of God to let us understand the anointing was for the provision that God had made for him so many years before. And he didn't see it. If we can understand, if we can glean from the Word of God to understand that that's the same thing he has for you today, that you wouldn't just sit there and take a slap on the face every time it comes to you, but understand, out of what seems to be not such a good situation, that God's got something better for you, would, would that not change your life? It should. Change mine. <laughs> Feel bad for you if you're not there. <laughs> it changed mine. Honestly, it did. It's changing my thinking on a daily basis. The, renew the reason the Bible tells you to renew your mind daily is because... We need to. <laughs> we need to. Hello. God brought forth a new light into Jacob's eyes when he laid hands on him. He could finally see, we use the terminology of the forest for the trees, he could see the end game, which he couldn't see when he lost his son. So if we really, truly trust God and believe God, Regardless what our eyes see, we know that he's got this. So here they are in the middle of all of this, and God had it all planned. His son, the one he thought he lost, was actually the guy second in control of everything going on in Egypt. You couldn't have set that up if you wanted to. Remember I told you originally about planning out your future. Had, had Jacob, had uh, Joseph, had anybody else known what the end game was? Would it have turned out like that? I can guarantee you not, because we would have stumbled ourselves along there. We would have done something we shouldn't have, or we would have got a big head about ourselves on this or on that, or I can do this or I can't do that, or whatever the case is, because that's the way we are. So instead, if you let go and let God, he can have his way. This is an opportunity that caused Jacob and his entire family to prosper and become a nation. A nation came forth out of that. What seemed to be terrible on the outside was a tasty little morsel. <laughs> See, sometimes there's a necessary action. Jacob had to agree because he was asked to go down to Egypt at that point in time. He wasn't well. He was old. But there was action that was required of him. God spoke to him and told him he had to go to Egypt. He was fearful what he was going to find. His boys didn't tell him it was his son down there going to help him along. He didn't know. So he wasn't comfortable with the situation. But God spoke to him about doing it. Sometimes there's going to be a road that we have to walk down that's not so comfortable for us. But we have to trust and know that the outcome's there. He promised. God's got a promise. I'll never leave you. I won't forsake you. Right? A nation. A road less traveled, maybe. All the while, well, Jacob personally was uncomfortable. He was in a compromised health position, displaying the awesome power of the Most High God by the great I Am set them up because he let go and let God. He couldn't do it in his own strength. It was God working through him. It's in his weakness, God showed himself most powerful. Isn't that interesting? Perhaps that's you today. Maybe. In a compromised state or position, up against something or someone, whatever it might be. Understand God is no respecter of persons. 
He's the same yesterday, he is today, going to be tomorrow. He is able to do all that you need. He loves you as much as anyone else. His plan for you is greater than you can imagine, greater than you can fathom, greater than you can dream, bigger than a vision. He's still the great I am. He's your all in all, the all-sufficient one, the God of Abraham, the everlasting God. He loves you. He wants one thing, your heart. If you truly turn your heart to him, the rest just follows. The Bible asks us to the new uh, that we love God and love our neighbor as ourself. It's, it's very simple. We don't sin against God if we fulfill the two commandments. <laughs> we don't sin against anybody if we fulfill the two commandments. And if he has your heart, that's what you're going to do, right? And if you make a mistake, understand we have an adversary. Understand that things go wrong. But we can still go back. We, we have an advocate who sits on, at the right hand of the Father on our behalf. How incredible is that? I got all this planned for you if you just walk in it. Oh, and if you make a mistake, you can just come back and ask. I'll help. Step out of the boat. I wrote down here, it's interesting. By faith, you must step out from where you currently are. Step out of the boat known as stability. Right? Got to be this way. It's got to be this way. If it's not that way, I'm uncomfortable. <clears throat> it's time to lean on God, to allow him Step into the boat of faith, allowing for the now. Don't miss your opportunity for now by planning for tomorrow. Allow God to make your day more spontaneous. Why don't you tell that person they got a nice suit? Nice suit, sir. Like it. You look good. Why not share kind words? Why not? Step out of the boat of mediocrity. Jump into the boat of excellence. The excellence I'm talking about is the excellence before God. That you are right before him, walking toward him. Everything you do is about perfecting him to others. Understand? You don't want to misrepresent God to anybody, right? Who he is, his love for them. That's what I'm talking about. Step out of that boat of religiosity. Okay, I'm going to have to get a drink soon. And become alive unto Christ. Allowing the power of God to shine forth from you. Making you a beacon. Unto others. It's all good. Hebrews 1.3 tells us that the entire universe is held up by his word. So if his word is that great, is that strong... What can he do in your life? Give him place. Stand up. Praise God when we have to. <clears throat> Thank him right now. Everybody, just thank God right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness to us, Lord. Hallelujah. This is what I've been talking about. L understanding the power of the I am. He keeps his world turning around. He keeps his power in control. Because if his power was out of control, there would be fallout of that. Amazing. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us that, For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. He wasn't just talking to Jeremiah that day. He's talking to you today. Understand the thoughts he has towards you are great. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to move forward in your life. I've come to this reality that it's by my choice whether I'm going to be content or not. He's given me every reason to be content. By my choice is whether I walk in that. And I don't mean that you can't be happy with, I don't, I don't mean to, to live a life that's just happy with the status quo. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about honestly just being content. 
okay with what, what God allows for your life. You know what I mean? Like we always want to be striving to do this and to do that. And I'm bad for it. I'm, I'm bad for making myself busy. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> Anyway. Well. <laughs> I'm getting it. So. But so what I've learned, though, is if I take some of that surplus energy <laughs> and I apply it early in the day to my relationship with God, my days just go that much better. Hmm. Today is only a new day if we make it a new day. As I said before, we bring yesterday into our today. It's yesterday. I don't care what you say. Past is only the past if you're leaving it there. Do you think the children of Israel grasped this? As I said before, about the 40 years they marched around while they were just right there, they didn't get it. And I, not, I, I had made the joke earlier about 40 years from my own life. I, I've been in and out of church for 40 years. That's it's incredible. Meanwhile, probably missed my promised land for a long time. But now I'm able to walk in it. Right. But, but you have to learn to walk in it. Right? Interesting. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 40 years they marched around in the wilderness in a plight of disobedience. Think about that now. Moaning and complaining about what this guy did or that girl did and what the government official did or didn't do. And meanwhile, it was an 11-day journey to get from where they started to where the promised land was. In 40 years, they marched around. Now, amazing, isn't it? Just complaining about stuff. Discontent. Come on. So how long do you want to remain in darkness? That's my question. How long do you want to miss it? Or do you want God to give you some provision? <laughs> some vision for your life to be able to partake of his most excellent goodness. Understanding that today is the day of salvation for you. Saving you from yourself, really. Because that's really the biggest problem we have, right? Pastor Gary says it. The person you're shaving in the mirror in the morning, that's the problem. <laughs> it's the truth. We get in our own way. We set ourselves up for failure. We set goals and things that we never achieve without a miracle of God, but yet we don't give God place to do it. So let's look today and don't miss the opportunity. Be good to all. Because Jesus, he went about going, doing good and healing all. We're supposed to be that, right, to everybody we come in contact with. John 3.17 says, God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him will be saved. So as much as John 3.16 is an amazing verse, John 3.17 is every bit as amazing because people still want to condemn themselves. And that's not God. There's no condemnation. If you find yourself in him, I know it's a lot to take in. I understand. Some of the stuff goes, some might go home and catch it. Some might not. I'm hoping everybody here gets it. Because the revelation of who you are to God is everything. The sooner we embrace it, the sooner we can embrace what he has for us. The sooner we embrace who we are in him, the sooner we can use and he can use our strengths and our weaknesses to show forth his power. Stay in the moment with God. Selflessly devoted to good works. Selflessly devoted to bringing forth praise to his name. Don't confuse what I'm saying. I'm not suggesting that you can't plan for your tomorrow. I'm suggesting that you be open enough to do what God asks of you today. Don't allow your future plans to dictate your current ones. I had that conversation with my son this week. Sometimes we want to plan so far that we make it difficult for today. And that's not what we're not even supposed to, we're not even designed to live that way. We're not designed to live loaded down with stress, right? You know, you get, and I'm not condemning anybody for, you know, 
for anything. When I say this, I'm saying this to challenge thinking, okay? Meanwhile, we, we, we jump into 25-year mortgages. We j- jump into seven- and eight-year car loans, and we jump into, and we, man, that's all just stress. That's just making sure you've got to do exactly what everybody asks you to do for the next eight or 10 or 12 or 25 years. That's what that's about. That's stress. That's not what God wants for you. It's not his best. Hmm. And remember when I started, because I started, I, I knew it was in here, so I was talking about how many years our objectives take us out and how many hundreds of thousands of events I'm back there. <laughs> he told me to start there, so that's good. All we do is set ourselves up to be filled with disappointment. And that's not what God is. If we're filled with disappointment, we can't, we're not allowing for his appointments. Right? So I want to leave you with this. Because part of when I was doing my conversation about the Hebrew and the I am and the different words, they've got so many words for God depicting who he is. And we always just use God and I, you know, like we, we don't see him for who he really is. We minimize. And that's not our God. He's a maximizer. He's Jehovah Ra, the Lord, my shepherd. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Sabbath the Lord of hosts, the holier than thou, the the God that's beyond, the one that we need to have reverence for in our lives, to understand who he really is. He's El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. What does that mean? Everything, the God of all. Elohim, God, judge, creator. What beautiful names. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, will provide. Abraham said that when he was going to take his son up on the mountain. He understood the provision. Yahweh, Lord, Jehovah. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner. He's over you. Think about what that means. No, it's good. <laughs> Jehovah Sid Canoe, the Lord, our righteousness. Jehovah Shama, the Lord is here. Is there, sorry. <laughs> and he's here. <laughs> Jehovah Rapha, the Lord heals. What that tells me is he's everything, everything you can think to have need of. And he did it all before you had the need, because he knew you before he formed. (laughs) I know exactly what I want to put into Gary. I know exactly what I want to put into Joey. So he's perfect, just the way he is. I know just what I want to put into Paul. So he's perfect, just the way he is. And who are we that we would question the potter? Amen? We're the clay. That's right. Molded into the image. (laughs) Crackpots. Anyway, that's it. I hope you got something out of it. I want you to know that God is God. He is the great I am. He's the everything you have need of today. If you have a need in your life, feel free to come up. We can pray for you. If you want to have a revelation of God in your life, pray for a revelation of God in your life. He will show himself to you. I promise you. May not be how you expect it, but he will. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. 
For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.